this week is the, it's a pretty cool week. It's probably one of my favorite weeks out of the year in a, in a different way. Um, yeah, it's not my birthday week. It's not Christmas. It's not Easter. It's not the New Year's. It's not summer break or vacation. Um, this week, there will be thousands, and I'm not even exaggerating, Thousands of young people across the nation praying for schools. Yeah, this coming Wednesday is the national, and I think it may be even international, uh, See You at the Pole prayer day. Um, Yeah, anyway. So, um, hey, big encouragement to you guys to um, show up a little bit earlier this coming Wednesday to whatever school you are at. Um, I'm pretty sure that there will be a group of people praying around the flagpole at your school this coming Wednesday. Try to be at school by 7.15 if you can. Um, And uh, yeah, from now until then, maybe just be asking God, what is it that um, he would want at your school? What is it that he desires for your school? Do you guys understand that God has a will for your school? Yeah? That education is a good thing. Like it's a, like I feel like it's a God-instituted thing. Is there ungodly things that gets practiced at schools? Yes. Is there ungodly things that get taught in schools? Yes. But the concept of education and an educational institution I believe, is from God. Yeah? Um, <clears throat> Kaya, stop texting. I'm just saying. That's right, you're sitting in the front row, too. Um, okay, so the, greatest, the Great Commission, right? So Jesus leaves earth, and he gives the, his disciples the Great Commission. Anybody know what that is? Yeah, we, we've said it before. So Jesus, his last words before he goes to heaven says, go on to all the nations, yeah, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them all that he had commanded them. Oh, and what was the part that I missed out? Go and make disciples, right? So make disciples, teach them what he taught, baptize them. And um, in 2003, I went to a trip in Argentina. And for the first time, I saw a church really believe that God could disciple a nation because Jesus go on to all the individual people right no he said go on to all the nations right go and make disciples of all the nations you know so I think that is individual people but that also can be God instituted aspects of a nation yeah so like 2003 I went to Argentina right I sat in a prison that had 300 prisoners, and it was 100% Christian. The backstory on it was this pastor started doing Bible studies in the worst part of the worst prison in Argentina. And some of the prisoners in that prison, like the gnarly of gnarliest guys, started changing. They started like following the Lord, learning about the Lord, and, and who they were changed. The Uh, the penitentiary saw what this pastor was doing and they ended up giving him his own prison. So we walked into this prison 
And this prison had like 300 guys, okay? So like these are like murderers, thieves. Like these guys are in there like legit prisoners. So they walk us into this, this, bill, uh, <clears throat> this big cemented room and there's no bars like uh, separating us from the prisoners. And we're seated in the front, like kind of like in the front corner on these chairs. And we're seated on there. And it's kind of like, it looks like a, like a church, like a, just an empty room with chairs and stuff. And we're sitting there cruising. We're like, okay, we're going to have this little chapel service. And then all these prisoners from the jail start funneling into this room. And 300 prisoners are like right where you guys are seated in Argentina. And I'm like, Cole, this is intense. Like these guys could seriously take over this jail right now because there's like, you know, a handful of guards, but not nearly enough guards and enough bullets for all of them. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, you better start praying right now. You know, <clears throat> this, one, uh, this one guard gets up there with one acoustic guitar and just starts jamming some worship. These 300 guys stand up and they start worshiping. And then the pastor gets up, who's a prisoner. So in the prison, like the Christian prison is prisoner pastors, like prisoners who become pastors in prison. And he gets up and he starts preaching. After the service, the prisoner comes and prays for us. And I'm like, that's, hmm, I think I'm supposed to be praying for you because you in jail, you know? But he's like, no, 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 no. We're going to pray for you and the work that God wants you to do in this life. And I was like, that's cool, you know? So I came back from that trip in 2003 thinking, God can do this in my backyard. Like there's nothing special with Argentina. Like God seriously has a love for Maui. He has a love for the people of Maui, and he has a love for the schools. And so in 2003, I came back, and... uh, Revival broke out. Hundreds of people started praying on the flagpole every single day. No, that wasn't a story. (laughs) Nothing happened. Me and one boy from this church I used to go to met once a week on a Wednesday, and we would pray around the flagpole. And that whole year, nothing happened. We just prayed. And, like, as far as we know, nobody got saved, and no crazy things happened. But at the end of that year, um, he had an idea to do a chapel service during lunch recess in the gym. So this is at Keikoliki High School, like a secular public school, you know? And we were like, uh, shoots, let's do it. And so he, it was his idea. And so um, I called my friend to give the message. Um, we set up a sound system. We, prayed, we, we played praise and worship music. And... About 300 students came into the gym to listen to what was happening, and they heard the gospel message, which is crazy. The year after that, um, at the CU at the flagpole day, there was 200 kids that came out. There was a handful of kids who led the prayer, and this one boy, uh, I'll I'll never forget him, um, this boy Justin, he was... um, a football stud. He was in his junior year. He was um, 
super buff and super popular and super cool. He felt God was telling him to pray and he got up front in front of all his friends and started to pray. And in the midst of his prayer, he started like crying and weeping for his school. Like that's, you can't pay a kid enough to do that. Like it wasn't fake, it was real. He had a real burden that God shared with him for his friends. It wasn't a cool thing. It wasn't a popular thing. He wasn't doing it for attention. If, if anything, it, it would have gotten him less attention, you know. But he got up there in front of all the football team that came out and all the other kids that came out. For those that go to Keikaliki, they combed out the front and the circle made it around the entire, like, turnaround area. And so that was that prayer we started doing monthly like once a month, we would go in the gym and set up a sound system and praise and worship and somebody would give a word, you know? There was one stretch. Um, so back then, I, I used to do youth group on Wednesday nights at my previous church. And we met in a building that was like, it was a house, it was a living room house that was probably like from here to the wall. And there was a little bit in that fall time where we would fit like 130 kids in there. Like it was packed. There was kids that were like on the balcony, kids that were outside just to hear what was going on. And how did it start? Well, it started because I believed that God had a heart for not just people, but for a school. And we started praying into it. And God moved in the hearts of a handful of guys that really loved the Lord and they were super cool guys, but they didn't care about coolness. They cared about their friends. They started inviting their friends and loving on their friends, and they led a ton of their friends to the Lord. There was one, um, <clears throat> there was one five week, or uh, five weeks in a row, and this has never happened. Uh, I've been doing youth ministry since 2002, and I've been part of a youth group since like 1990. Five weeks in a row, I. Uh, I asked if anybody wanted to give their life to the Lord and every single week new kids that had never attended church before would stand up and say in front of their friends that I want to give my life to the Lord. Which is like amazing, you know, amazing. So this, this week is, um, <clears throat> it's really a special week for me. Like I, I love the fact that God is all-knowing, right? Right, if God is God, he's all-knowing, Yeah. Like God can hear everything. You guys believe that? Yeah? That God hears every word that is spoken and God even hears the words that are unspoken? Anybody do that sometimes? I do that where I pray, like, but words don't come out. I just like pray in my, my spirit. How many of us believe that God can hear your prayers like that? Yeah. So, I mean, if God can hear your prayers and God is God, God should be able to hear all the prayers of people across our world, like 7 billion people. And just think, this coming Wednesday, we have the opportunity to participate in uh, a wave of prayer that's going to like echo heaven. Like there's a, hand, there's, there's a couple times in the year where there's like National Day of Prayer, you know, where people across the world will pray. This coming Wednesday is one of them. And I love like that Hawaii kind of ends the 24-hour period. Yeah, right? So like, 
you know, uh, the New Year's, right? Like the rest of the world gets to January 1st before us. And we kind of wrap it up. You guys understand that? Like time clock? You guys get that? The globe rotate, not flat. Circle. Okay, good. All right. You know, and, um, and we, get to, we get to finish that off. We get to finish that off. And so I don't know where you guys are as far as like your faith, but do you have enough faith tonight to, to show up and pray at your school on Wednesday? Do you have enough faith to believe that God can hear your prayer? Because it's not so much the amount of prayer, but it's the faithfulness of the people who are praying. And so I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to I get out there and, and pray this week. Like, I don't know what schools you go to, but I, I know, like, Kekalike for sure will have a team out there. Seabury for sure will have a team. Kamehameha will have a team out there. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be at Iao, but show up, man. Even if it's just you two. I'm going to call some of my friends and have them show up around that flagpole for you guys, just so you guys not solo, you know? But we need, we need prayer in schools, amen? amen. So um, tonight's message is from um, <clears throat> Mark chapter 10. This is, uh, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I guess we have a lot of favorite stories, but this is probably one of the more memorable uh, stories. This, uh, I remember uh, Pastor Jonathan Asato. You guys know Pastor Jonathan from Grace Bible? Yes. No? Yes. Japanese, Asian, Asato. No? Good message camp before? Good job, Kaya. Okay. Um, he spoke uh, on this passage. Yeah. Yeah. The homeless guy. Yeah, the one who smelled like shishi. Yeah. Um, now you remember. Good job. The Asian rapper guy, right? The camp that we had, like, the spirit of rap at our camp. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, anyway, so Pastor Jonathan uh, spoke on this uh, passage, and it, and it got really challenged me then, and uh, I hope that it challenges you guys tonight. Amen? Okay, let's pray, and then we'll get into it. I'll, I'll read through the story and then see what God has to share with us in there. And then we'll uh, wrap up our time together. Uh, Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Father, I just invite you to come and um, answer our prayer from earlier, God, that you'd really come and speak to us tonight. Um, Jesus, thanks for your word. Um, we need guidance, God, and we need wisdom in this world because uh, many of the things of this world uh, isn't going to lead us to heaven. They're actually going to lead us to hell. So praise God for your word because your word is really the only compass separate from your spirit and the church that's going to lead us, God, uh, to you and to heaven. And so, Father, I just pray that we would uh, treasure your word tonight, that we would really um, come to it with fresh eyes, God, as if you were sharing this story with us tonight. Um, because I believe that the question that is asked by this rich young ruler, God, is the very question that uh, we are asking tonight. And... Uh, so we just praise you, Father. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Okay, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 17. You guys good? No Bibles? I gave you a Bible the other week. You better bring it. Slack. Anyway, okay. Do you have a Bible? You have a Bible. Yeah, my 
Okay, good. Let's get that Bible next time. Okay, Bibles, notebooks. Next time, we good to go, Kaya? We good to go? Okay, good. All right, let's go. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. And as he, Jesus, was setting out on his journey, a man ran up, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus um, looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. And Jesus said to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Amen? All right. Um, so we're going to pause there. Let's just get into uh, just, just this story and what is happening and who are the characters. Okay, so when we're reading scripture, it's good to find out what the context is. Okay, so context, like surrounding. So who are some of the characters? We have Jesus. We have disciples. We have the young rich brother. Who else do we have? God. Yes. Okay. Anybody else? Camels. Needles. And eyes of needles. Okay, we'll, we'll get to what Jesus actually uh, was talking about then. Okay, a little bit later. Um, but other, other contexts. Okay, so, so look around um, chapter 11. What does what the beginning of chapter 11 talk about? Those who have Bibles, those who have Bibles, jump over here. You can, you can help. Um, what is the heading? Chapter 11, right in the beginning. The... Jesus comes to Jerusalem, the triumphal entry, which puts us at what uh, time period in Jesus' three-year ministry? A week before his death. Okay, so Jesus ministered for about three years, yeah? Prior to Jesus going to the cross, being crucified and resurrecting himself from the dead, there's this entry into Jerusalem where they're praising him to become the next ruler, the next king, yeah? So you got to think, like, Jesus is, like, by this time, he, he knows what his calling is. He knows what is ahead of him. He's already predicted his death and how it would happen and, and what would happen. So you got to think, Jesus is, like, on a mission, you know? He's on a mission. He's headed to Jerusalem, yeah? So it says, and he was setting out on his journey. And as he was setting out on his journey, this, this, this young brother runs up to him and kneels at his feet. 
And he asked the question that really I believe all of us want answered. Yeah, what must I do? Oh, holy teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Or to say plainly, how can I get to heaven? Amen? That he believed that Jesus wasn't just a worldly teacher, but he, Jesus taught some like eternal things. Like you guys go to school and you guys maybe uh, are inspired by some of your teachers who are really good at explaining things of the natural, but how many of your teachers like teach about the supernatural? Yeah, you guys have a teacher who teaches supernatural? Shaka, I want to go to Yale school, okay? Um, but how's this question, right? The rich young ruler runs up and he's like, teacher. And he's, he's young, but he has lots of possession, yeah? Like he... He's hooked up, and not only lots of possession, what else does this guy have? Come on, come on, come on. It's not a mystery. We just read it. He has possession, wealth, and what else does he have? He has youth, amen. He has youth, right? He has wealth, and what else does he have? Okay, he's aware of Jesus, for sure. That's good. He ran up to Jesus, which means he knew what was going on and what Jesus was teaching. What else did he have? He had morality, right? So Jesus is asked, you know, how do I, uh, what, what do I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Yeah? So he says, good teacher, right? And Jesus responds like, no one is good. Yeah, he's like, why do you call me good teacher? And, and I love it because Jesus responds like, you know, like uh, think about Romans chapter 3. Maybe keep your finger in Mark and turn to Mark chapter 3 real fast. So Mark chapter 3, verse 10. Um, oh, Romans. My bad. What did I say? Mark. No. Keep your finger in Mark chapter 10 and move to Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Yeah? Where Jesus says, or not Jesus. What am I talking about? <laughs> Unbiblical teaching over here. Um, where the apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says, none is righteous, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. And Paul says, no one does good, not even one. Yeah? He would go on to say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He would go on to say in chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. death. Amen? So <clears throat> Jesus responds like, a uh, good teacher, I don't know a good teacher, okay? The only one who is good is God, okay? Because this kid didn't only have youth, he didn't only have wealth, but he also had morality, which, was, which is pretty cool. So Jesus responds, well, you know what the commands are. The commands that what? That ultimately get you to heaven, right? Like it, Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to obey my commands, Right? If we love God, we're going to obey his commands. And ultimately, he said, what is the simplest form of his commands? Love one another. Yeah? Love God and love one another. Okay? So, um, okay, so let's continue. Right? So he's uh, asking about um, how does he get to heaven? And Jesus says, well, you understand what is, uh, is needed. He says, don't murder. Amen? Chaka? How many of you guys can check that off your list? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All of us can check that off the list. Um, do not commit adultery. 
You guys are all kids, so yes, Shaka. Well, except for Keone and Brooke, but yes, not married yet. Okay, we good? All right, awesome. Okay, uh, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud others, uh, and honor your father and your mother. And this kid responds, and he's like, yeah, I'm in, right? He says, teacher, I have kept all of these up until this point in my life. Like those six that you just listed off, and where did Jesus get those from? The Ten Commandments. The first four of the commandments deal with our relationship with God. The next six deal with our relationship to one another. And I love how Jesus responds, not just with the four, but with the six. In order for us to get to heaven, it isn't just about how we love God, but our love for God needs to be demonstrated in how we treat one another. Oh, that's good right there. Okay? So Jesus pretty much responds and says, hey, I know you love God, but make sure you love others as well. And this kid is like, I got it. I've been doing it. Not only do I love God, but I haven't murdered. I haven't stolen. I've honored my father and my mother. And he's like psyching right now. Right? Super excited. Jesus just listed off six things and he's like, I got it. Pretty cool. Like you can kind of feel the excitement of this kid. He's like, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says six things and this kid is like, shaka. Like, I'm on my way. I'm six for six right now. Like, who can say that? You know, at that time, in, in, in that generation, this kid was like, on his way. Is that good? Well, while we're talking about loving one another, a uh, little side tangent. So Jesus says to love God and to love others. Yeah? I've been meditating. Can I just share my meditations with you guys? About one aspect of love for one another that many of us don't practice. But if we did, it would radically transform our lives and other people's lives. You guys want to know what it is? 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 9. <clears throat> you can highlight it if you want. But it's simple. You guys have heard it before, okay? Pretty much, Peter says, don't repay evil for evil, yeah? Or insult for insult. I know the ESV use uh, uh, reveling, but pretty much what does it say? It's insult. That is like, how many of us are super quick uh, responders. Like when somebody gets a quick one on you, you're like, boom, right back at them. Like, they're like, Denise, you're so beautiful. And you're like, boom, right back at them. You know? Like, no, I'm not that fast. You know? Like some of you guys are pretty witty. Yeah? Like you won't let anybody get the upper hand on you. You know? Let alone them mistreating you. Let alone them talking trash about you. Let alone them going above and beyond to really hurt you, I feel like majority of the world isn't even close to this. They're like, if anybody even thinks about mistreating me, oh, bruh, I'm going all out. Yeah? So, um, in our love for one another, yeah, um, think about that. Just meditate a little bit on, on 1 Peter chapter 3, that 
Jesus wants us to show our love for him by not returning insult for insult. Yeah, so I've been volunteering at EL school, at, at Capono and Tyler's school, and I'll just sit in the classroom, right? And Capono knows. Like, I'll sit in the classroom, and it's just nonstop insult for insult. Like, one person jabs another, and that person is going to jab them right back. And it's like these middle school kids who are just, like, all about putting each other down. Like, you put me down, I'm going to put you down. You put me down bad, I'm going to put you down even worse. And then if you put me down too bad and I'm not witty enough, I'm going to steal something or throw something at you or tell the teacher. You know? Like, it's just this revolving door of insults. Okay? Anyway, so back to the story. So this young guy, he's youthful. He has possession. He has morality. And now he's six for six. And I love what Jesus says. I think this part of the story gets missed a lot. After this kid says, Jesus, I've kept all of these. What does he say? What does Jesus, how does Jesus respond? You're missing one. Go sell all your possessions. Yeah, so Jesus says you're missing one. But before, yeah, before he says that, what does he say? Jesus looked at him and loved on him. How shocker is that? Like, that's cool. Like, it almost resonated. Like, I feel like it resonated in Jesus' spirit that this kid kept the commandments. Because a lot of people think that Jesus was anti the commandments. But I want to tell you that Jesus was pro the commandments. And he took the commandments to a different level. And this kid's like, Jesus, I did those things well. Almost like he tried to honor God well. Yeah? Tyler, come on, pay attention. Yeah? Almost like he, he tried to do those things not just for himself. But, but for God, this kid's like almost in there. And so Jesus, out of love for him, he says, hey, young guy, you're in. There's one more thing you got to do. Yeah. Sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. That will be a contribution to heaven. And then come and follow me. Where was Jesus, hey, where was Jesus headed? To Jerusalem, where the cross was, and the cross was a symbol of death, but Jesus knew that that symbol of death would transfer to become a symbol of life. He's like, hey, you have kept these commandments, you want to make it to heaven? Get rid of all that stuff, because it doesn't, where you're headed, you're not going to be able to take any of that, and none of that really matters. Give it to the poor, and those treasures will be, transferred into heaven, come and follow me and you're gonna, your treasures that you just gave out now, you're going to get those in heaven. Give those things away. Come and follow me because I'm headed where you want to go. And, and we, we know the story, right? The kid sells all that he has to the poor. He gets treasures in heaven and he follows Jesus, right? Because he wants heaven. That's how the story goes, right? No, no, that's not how the story goes. Isn't that how the story should go? That's how it should go, right? Jesus, what does it take for me to get eternal life? Jesus is like, well, Herod, keep the commandments. He's like, I've been doing that. And Jesus is like, okay, 
sell all that you have, give it to the poor, you're going to have treasures in heaven, and follow me. That's all? Have everything, God. It's all yours anyway. None of this is going to last. And then he follows Jesus. Hey, think about it, okay? There's a little tangent, right? So this is like, what what is those uh, when you do a movie? What? No. Like the edited, the edited version, the the edited, the alternate ending to the movie, right? What is the, the funny parts? The bloopers, like, yeah, all the teachers, all the educated ones are giving all these words. The kids are like, what? bloopers, that's it, okay? So, right, so this is like the edited version, right? The alternate ending to the movie, okay? So, we have, we know what the story, how it ends, right? This kid doesn't sell all that he has. He leaves Jesus, and ultimately, as far as we know, what doesn't he get? She's fast. You guys got to be fast. Come on, heaven. So we know what the story, how it ends, right? But alternate ending, right? Alternate ending, he keeps the commands. He meets with Jesus. Jesus says, you got to keep these things. He said, Jesus, I kept these ever since I was a young kid. He said, awesome. Sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. What you have here is going to get translated to heaven. And then come with me and you can, like, get your possessions later. You guys see the transition? Like, give it now and get it back later. The alternate ending to the story, he does that. He follows Jesus, right, through the uh, triumphal entry. He's still hanging out with Jesus. Maybe he even gets to be a part of the, the Last Supper. Maybe he gets to be a part of, like, watching Jesus get beaten. Yeah, he gets to maybe even watch Jesus on the cross, and then his whole world, like, falls apart. And he's like, I just sold all my possessions, and now you're dead. And maybe he's hanging out with the disciples, And then three days later, they hear rumor that Jesus comes back from the dead. And then after that, for the next 50 days, he actually sees the resurrected Jesus. You guys know that Jesus, after he came back from the dead, hung out for like 40 days. He showed himself to over 500 people. Peter guys were fishing. He's on the beach. Hey, uh, do you guys catch anything that night? And he knew that they didn't catch anything. And they're like, There's only one person who would ask us that type of question. And it was Jesus. Boom. Peter runs on the beach or swims and then gets to Jesus. And what does Jesus have already? He has fish on the. ah, I would totally hang out with Jesus. The resurrected Jesus was mopping fish. Ah, I think we're going to have food in heaven. Little side, side note. Okay. And maybe, just maybe, this rich young ruler can be doubly blessed. He was rich on earth and then he became rich in heaven. But that's not the story, right? That's not the story. The story was that although he was curious about heaven, he was invested on earth. So my question to you tonight is, what is your treasure? What are you holding on to that is keeping you from heaven? 
I believe if Jesus was here, that would be a great question for us to ask. Jesus, how do I get to spend eternity with you? And I don't think there's any of you here that wouldn't be willing to give up all that you had in order to spend the rest of your life with him. Right? I mean, how many of us, right now, I'm talking, Jesus goes, boom, and he's standing here. And after we all freak out, right, and Jesus is like, it's okay. I'm not going to kill you, but I am the son of God, you know? And he's like glowing, and we're like, uh, stop, you know? And then he actually starts hanging out with us, and like this kid, he looks at us and he loves on us, right? And then he says, Denise, you've done well. Kaya, you've done well. But there's one thing that you still lack. How many of us in here would be like, uh, wait, uh, I, I mean, I really like you. I mean, love you, Jesus. Uh, and I've tried to live for you all my life. Um, but uh, my friends, um, I, I don't know if I can give up that group of friends. Uh, I mean, I love you, and I like you, and I want to go to heaven, but um, I, I don't know if I can just detach from social media. Uh, like, like, who would actually say that? Like, I think if Jesus is really here, none of us here would be willing to give up Jesus for anything here on earth, right? Like we would willingly, happily give up anything. Like what do you want, Jesus? My shorts, cell phone, Bible, guitar, anything you want. It's all yours. You want me to give it to the poor? It's theirs. Like you don't even have it. Automatic, whatever you want. Why? Because I want Jesus and I want heaven. You know what the catch is? Jesus is here and he is asking for those things. Jesus doesn't have to be here physically in order for him to be asking you tonight, what is it that you have that is holding you back from eternity? Can I, can I push it a little bit further? Because with most of you, I, I, I know most of you. I mean, Tyler's, you're new, you know, Shaka. Now we're just getting to know you, you know. But I, I feel like you have a relationship with God, which is cool. But all the rest of you, like I know all of you. Can I, can I push the envelope a little bit further? Not only what is holding you back from eternity, but what is, hey, what is holding you back from helping somebody else get to eternity? Because that's just as biblical. 
Like what's stopping you from getting out there and praying for your school on Wednesday? What's stopping you from inviting somebody to the Lord? Praying for somebody at school? Talking to somebody about Jesus? Or at the very least, at least praying for them silently on your own? Like if your faith is secure in the Lord and you know that heaven awaits you, what's waiting and what's stopping you from assisting somebody else to get there? I mean, how many of us agree that that God is real? How many of us agree that the world that we live in is going to end? How many of us believe that heaven awaits us? If that is our reality... Why are we still living in the carnal, in the fleshly, in the worldly? We're chasing after things of the world, and yet none of those things are going to last. My prayer for you guys, or, or for us, is that our story wouldn't be the rich young ruler's story. Our story would be what? The alternate ending, Amen. The alternate ending. We have this story that was 2,000 years old. And I'm hoping that our story is going to be different than his. He was youthful. He was rich in the world. He wanted eternal life. But he couldn't get it. Because he wanted things of the world more than things of the Lord. I don't want that to be our alternate ending. I want our ending to be we were youthful. Yeah. We had possessions. We wanted eternal life. Jesus showed us the way to eternal life, and we did what? We walked in that path. Jesus says, love me and love others. Boom, and that's going to get us to eternal life. And what am I going to do every day? I'm going to love God, and I'm going to love others. There's a great opportunity for us this coming week to pray on the behalf of our school. If that's going to help me get to heaven and help others get to heaven, where am I going to be Wednesday morning? Shaka, right? I mean, does it mean that, does it mean that God doesn't love us if we don't show up on Wednesday? No. God's still going to love us, but why not participate in something that God is like putting before us? Like you got to know that it's a God thing that thousands of people across this earth will be praying for education. What a cool opportunity for us to partner with them in lifting up one united voice and saying, Jesus, we need you here. We need you at our school, on our islands, to my friends. And I promise you, there are kids, I want to say kids, your peers around you that need Jesus. I mean, if the statistics are true, there, there's going to be kids this year Students that you know who are going to attempt suicide, who are contemplating suicide. You know your friends are going to have sex and one of your, your, your friends are going to be pregnant and not want to have a baby because of peer pressure and want to get an abortion, which is murder. I talked to one of my friends and he's like, uh, he, he works uh, uh, in, in that suicide drug area and he said, man, Drugs are rampant in teenagers on Maui right now. 
the friends that you guys are sitting with in your classroom need Jesus. They need Jesus. We need Jesus. And how, there's no, I'm telling you, there's no greater joy on this earth than to know that God used you to help somebody else meet the Lord. Uh, I went to, uh, so we go to the hymn conference, right, every year. And uh, um, uh, Mr. Piper, the the guy who spent uh, 90 seconds in heaven, uh, minutes, oh yeah, minutes, 90 minutes in heaven. Crazy, crazy story. So I went to one of his sessions and he, and he shared one vision. That's what I share with you and then we'll end. He said, because heaven is outside of time, right? So he, he made it to the gates, okay? So he made it to the gates of heaven and he met people who had died years before. They were waiting for him at the gate. And as he was at the gate, he seen other people like greeting other people at the gate. Like, like if I die tonight, but you guys die like 20 years like from now, like it, because it's outside of time, like, like I'll be at the gate waiting for you guys to come. Hebrews chapter 12 says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So the great cloud of witnesses he talks about from Hebrews chapter 11, people who have died in their faith prior to that generation. They are in heaven and they're witnesses and they're cheering us on. How awesome would it be for you to be in heaven waiting for someone to greet you that you led there, you know? Or you're in heaven or they're in heaven, whoever dies first, I don't really matter, you know? But that you're there and they're there and we're all getting to spend the rest of eternity celebrating the thing that we believe now but we cannot see. And so the opportunity is, is here right now. And let me just make it simple. Show up on Wednesday and pray. And after Wednesday comes and goes, keep on praying for your friends. I've been asking you guys this, this question throughout this last couple of months. Who is it that you know today that doesn't know the Lord that we want to know the Lord? Because every year, New people come. New people meet the Lord. And new people give their lives to the Lord. It's going to happen this year. I know it's going to happen because it happens every year. Jesus has a love for the young people of this island and people are going to come to the Lord. Can we partner with God in praying for them? Hey God, don't forget Sarah. She sits next to me in my class. Hey God, don't forget Brother Mikey. He sits right in front of me. He's super irritating. I want to punch him in the face all the time. But help me not to return evil for evil. He needs Jesus. Hey, God, my teacher, Mr. Johnson, hate him. Hate him. Super boring class. I wish he needed, I wish he had Jesus. Maybe he would teach a little bit more creatively. Can you just malama his heart, God? Simple prayers that have this lasting impact because God hears our prayers and God has the power to do the impossible. Amen? Amen? And maybe you have a teacher like Summer who's a Christian, but you don't know that your teacher is a Christian. How awesome would it be for you to be praying for your teacher? 
and just encouraging your teacher and loving on your teacher. And then find out later that she's a Christian and you're like, cool, man, I've been praying for my sister in the Lord. Because Christian teachers need prayer too, you know? So uh, maybe later on tonight, go ahead and read that again. You know, Mark chapter 10 just says a story about the rich young ruler and, and ask God to reveal to you what is it in your life that is maybe holding you back from going a little bit deeper? And, and what is holding you back from helping your friends to, to meet Jesus? I mean, I, I, I don't... For this young guy, it meant eternity for him. I don't know if that necessarily will mean eternity for us. Because ultimately, if we have faith in Jesus Christ, we'll make it. Amen? But James says, you show me your faith by what you say, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. So there cannot be a disconnect between saying, Jesus, I love you, and yet not loving those around you, and not praying, and, and, and not trying to disciple others. There, there needs to be a direct correlation, okay? I love you guys, and, and, and I want the best for you. And I believe that Jesus wants the best for you. And I'm telling you, if you haven't participated in that yet, there's no greater joy in this world than to know that, what, that you had a part in somebody coming to the Lord. Is that good? And so I'm not sure what the distractions might be, but just ask God to get rid of them. So that you can like spend some time with the Lord and, and really loving on your friends because that's what's going to really matter. I mean, we've got to study and you've got to go to school and you've got to honor your parents for sure. All those things are like good. Well, honor your parents is actually really good. <laughs> Make sure you guys honor your parents. Um, but, but really, gr- grades don't matter in high school. I mean, wait, in, in heaven, yeah? Right? They matter, yeah, they matter now, but really, it, it's not going to matter. Right? Like, look, Mark has a job, and he has a truck, and he barely graduated high school. But he did. Power to you. Power to you. Right? Well, he shared that in our prayer time. So it's public knowledge, even though it's shared with a group of five of us. Anyway, um, I love you guys. Get out to those polls. I'm not sure um, who's going to be at your school, but just find out where your flagpole is. If you don't know where it is, and show up. And, I'm, and I'm, even if nobody else is there, stand by the pole and just pray by yourself. Because God will... If nobody else notices, God will notice, okay? And God will hear your prayers, amen? Amen, okay. Let me just pray for you guys, and then we'll get out of here. Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Thanks for uh, this great group of young people, Father. I just pray that you would uh, massage their hearts, God, and malama their spirits, Father, and just tend to them. Uh, Father, as they continue to think about eternal life, I pray that you'd give them wisdom, God, to live in this world, but not be of the world, Lord, all the things that are a distraction to them, God, I pray that you would help them to free themselves from that, God, um, and I pray that you would free them from that so that they could spend uh, just, and they would have, you would have their undivided attention, God, that they would give all their heart, soul, mind, and strength to you, God, and love you as passionately as they can, and then translate that love for you, God, to love for others. So we praise you. Thanks so much, God, for tonight. Um, In Jesus' name we pray.